Support for today's podcast comes from Bevel. Now, if you don't know what Bevel is, you should know is the first and only shaving system designed for people with coarse and curly hair sensitive skin. But there's something more important about Bevel that really speaks to me. Bevel, uh, as a company, makes amazing products, right? I have the Bevel trimmers. I use the Bevel trimmers. When you see me on TV and uh, I'm looking all lined up and stuff like that, it's because I've used the Bevel trimmers. In that, there's a message that we do not have to sacrifice quality for community, meaning I use Bevel, a black-owned product, and it's as good or better as any t- trimmer I've ever used. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and say it, it's the best trimmer I've ever used. It's the best trimmer I've ever used. Tristan Walker over at Bevel has a company that proves right there a lot of people think that we have to go outside of our community to get quality products, to get quality products that are the best. You don't. You just have to support the stuff that is going on inside the community and my bevel clippers they feel amazing they look amazing they actually look like they made out of vibranium or something like that man i love my bevel clippers got a little blue light on them when they all charge up you pull it out you use the clippers sometimes i use them in the dark actually i don't use them in the dark that was a lot (laughs) but what i'm saying is it's very important to know um that you can shop and give your money and your dollars and your business to people right inside of your own culture and that does not mean at any point, you have to sacrifice quality. And that's what the Bevel Clippers are. They are quality. You can go to bevel.com right now, backslash uh, red pill, to check out the full line of Bevel products and get $20 off your Bevel shaving clip or Bevel trimmer with free shipping. That is getbevel.com backslash red pill. Support for today's episode also comes from Talkspace. Talkspace is the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. Let me tell you guys something. 2016, into 2016, uh, I had a severe anxiety issue. I missed like three weeks, a month at work. Uh, Therapy was the thing that allowed me to get control of my brain. I learned all types of different tactics in order to deal with my anxiety that had been plaguing me for a long time. therapists their input uh was was vital they teach you techniques like grounding they teach you all different types of breathing techniques to deal with panic attacks if you are suffering from anxiety depression any sort uh, of mental health issue i cannot stress to you how important therapy is and talk space uh, allows you to do that one-on-one without having to get in the car just talk to a therapist direct. It, I'm telling you, it can save lives. Uh, you can match with your perfect therapist today for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. I'm tr- trust me, it can get expensive. Just go to Talkspace.com backslash pill backslash P-I-L-L and use the code PILL for $45 off your first month. And show your support for this show. Talkspace Therapy for how we live today. So support the people that support our show. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the Red Pill Podcast, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. I am Van Lathan. I'm joined by boring-ass Brandon. Brandon is still boring. Uh, Despite all of the events 
that transpired this past week. Now, I should say something. If you listened to last week's Red Pill, we talked about Kanye West. That was before anything. That was just my reaction to Kanye over the weekend. That did not include, obviously, um, what happened at TMZ on Tuesday, which has sort of changed everything as far as I'm concerned. I mean, in my life, should I say. Uh, I did not realize at that point that Kanye West would be coming into TMZ. Um, It was not made known to me. Speaking of that, I think it's important to get a couple of things about that sort of uh, interaction um, to make them clear right now. A couple of things. Uh, uh, first of all, what I'll do is I'll tell you guys a recap of a recap of back. Brandon, were you in the office when when all of this went down? I got there probably twenty minutes after he left. Twenty minutes after he left. So yeah. this is what happened for for people that want to know. I'm gonna break down, give you guys a recap of exactly the way the morning went before. He actually made it um, into the TMZ office and before you saw what you saw, wherever you saw it. So we do TMZ on television in the morning um, around eight o'clock. So we do TMZ on television, then we do TMZ live, and then we do TMZ sports later on in the day. After we did TMZ on television, Harvey called the newsroom together to let everybody know that Kanye West was going to be doing TMZ Live and that we were going to be taping TMZ Live a little bit earlier. Typically, we tape TMZ Live around 11.15 Pacific Standard Time. Uh This time, we were going to be doing it around 9 or 9.30 because I'm assuming uh, Kanye being a very busy man, he wanted to get in and get out and do his whole thing. So he brings the newsroom together and says, listen, um, Kanye West is coming in. Gives us a couple of basic ground rules as to how we should interact with him when he gets here to TMZ uh, and then lets us know he'll he'd be doing all of TMZ live. It was just going to be Harvey and Charles and Kanye West. That's it. That was going to be it. That was going to be the whole show. Mm-hmm. Candace Owens was going to come out with them, but the, they might open our mics up for a little bit, but it was going to be Harvey, Charles, and Kanye. Okay. So that was said. And afterwards, Harvey came to me and he talked to me uh, a little bit about, you know, Kanye being there um, and just some personal things that he wanted to tell me about why he couldn't tell anyone that Kanye was going to be coming. So I did not know that he was going to be there. Uh, And what ended up happening after that was that, uh, well, what happened was I went to go get some oatmeal. (laughs) I went to go get my breakfast. I went to go get some oatmeal, went to go get my breakfast. And by the time I sat down with the oatmeal, I heard, yo, what's up, TMZ? What's going on? And I looked around and saw a bunch of people in awe and sort of of, uh, figuring out how they were going to fix their faces. And the reason why they were feeling like that is because Kanye West was in the building. And who'd he come with? He came with a bunch of guys. I don't really know. He came with a, a couple of security dudes. He came with Candace Owens, and he came with some other people who I'm sure are great people, but I had no clue who they were. Right. Um, so he, he he comes into the office, uh, and he begins introducing himself to people. He was very warm and very engaging to every single person 
that was in the newsroom that he's yo what's up I'm Kanye West you know that thing that famous people yeah, do yeah. when they're super famous and they still introduce themselves to you and they say their real name yo I'm Kanye West what's yeah. up I'm Kanye I'm Kanye happy to meet you happy to blah blah blah, blah. did you shake oh, his no, hand beforehand nah I didn't no. see, see him I, okay. my desk is like the towards back. the back yeah. and I, he did what he did and then he went into the room where people go before they go on TNZ Live and, okay. and whatever so he, I didn't get a chance to, 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 to chop it up with him or say anything to him whatsoever now this entire time normally on TMZ Live you guys don't know the way things go first of all everybody that participates on TMZ Live has a camera at their desk and their mic meaning when I, there's a mic in front of you and what you do is you press a button when you want to talk right. and normally when you want to when you press that button and you want to talk I can press the button at any time during TMZ Live and just jump in unless my mic is down if my mic is down then I can't do it then it doesn't have the functionality okay. For this uh, interview, the mics were going to be down the most, the, the the majority of the time because you want to give Kanye West a platform to say whatever it was that he was going to be saying, right? Okay. So the mics were going to be down. Okay. Um, uh, so I say that to say that remember, anytime that TMZ Live is rolling, I am on camera and my mic can be opened up. Okay. So theoretically, anything that I am doing can be seen and anything that I'm saying can be heard. All right. So he comes in, uh, he begins to uh, talk to everybody. He's on his phone, whatever, whatever. He ends up going up to uh, the platform to sit with Harvey and Charles. They begin the show. Very shortly into the show, Kanye West decides that having the interview in a conventional way between him and Harvey and Charles was not the way that he wanted to do the show uh, at, at that time. Right. He didn't really want to do it that way. Who he really came to talk to, it seemed like the entire time, <laughs> was everybody else. So he turned around and he began to address the newsroom. And he didn't address the newsroom and then I immediately started talking back to Kanye West. There were some people that talked to him before I did. Right. Charlie, Charlie did. Charlie was talking about Scientology yeah. or whatever and they, they were going back and forth. What are you doing at this point when he's on TMZ Live? Are you working? Are you listening to him? What are you doing? I have my IFB in so I can hear everything. Right. But I, I'm really not that. I'm like, I'm scrolling on the internet. Um, trying to listen for cues as to when the mics are going to get down and when they're going to uh, open it up uh, for questions and things right, like that. Right, right. But I, 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 I'm just listening, you right. know what I mean, more than anything. Right. I think we were all kind of just watching him and listening to what he was saying. And also remember that the time that he began screaming, there's really no reason to try to listen through your IFB because he's yelling and you can hear him. Right. Um, now, this, now, while he's sitting up there, before he turns around and addresses us, Harvey and Charles get a chance to get some questions off. Mm -hmm. And when Kanye is talking to them, obviously you hear Kanye West say, among other things, that slavery is a choice. Now, when we go back to what he actually said, he mm -hmm. said, slavery is for 400 years. And I know that that number has been debated all around um, on the Internet, how long slavery actually was. Somebody actually was him like, slavery wasn't actually 400 years. How, however long, if slavery was 50 years, it's 50 years too long for my ancestors. Mm -hmm. Okay. Slavery was 25 years. It was 20 minutes. However long it was, it was a horrible experience for my ancestors. Mm -hmm. So um, he says, slavery is 400 years. That seems like a choice to me. At that point, it seems like a At that point, it seems like a choice to me. So the way I took that comment, mm -hmm. and people can be free to tell me if I was wrong, was that 
uh, Middle Passage and the beginnings of slavery and all of that thing, that was one thing. But that at some point, uh, being that if there weren't mass slave revolts or if every single slave didn't sacrifice themselves at the exact same moment, that people were choosing a life of vicious and um, inhumane servitude over freedom. Right. So at some point, it was no longer about the conditions that they were born into or subjected to and about their unwillingness to rise above those situations. Okay. He said that, and I still didn't say anything. I didn't say anything when that was said because, once again, that wasn't my interview. Kanye West was here at TMZ. The interview that he was having was with Harvey and Charles. Right. Wasn't my interview. Right. It's not like he said that and then I stood up and confronted him or that anyone stood up and confronted him. Really, they didn't even confront him up there on the platform. Harvey came back to it and asked him to kind of yeah. go back to it and clarify it. Yeah. But even that kind of fizzled out because yeah. he started turning around and, and, and talking to us. He said it was too quiet. He wanted to talk to us. Right. The point that I actually engaged Kanye West, I did it for a very, very simple reason. He asked. Yeah. <laughs> he turned around and he said, does it seem like I'm speaking freely right. or whatever the exact quote yeah. was? Does, do you guys think that I'm speaking freely right now? The answer to the question is you're not thinking anything. Right. Okay. So before that moment, I did not know what I would say to Kanye West if I got the chance to talk to him. I didn't know how I would say anything. I had no idea what was going to be said. The sincerity of the answer came because the question was very specific. Yeah. <laughs> he and, set you up. Right. And yeah. what he said was very specific. Right. Let me dial it back a little bit. Tell you guys something. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Where I'm from, we're in the deep south. You don't really learn about slavery or at least I didn't. Okay. My father's from Maringouin, Louisiana. That is a place that has around 1,300, 1,400 people, maybe a little bit more than that now. I'm not sure. I haven't been back home in a while to Maringouin. But the lessons that I learned of slavery, they didn't really come from textbooks. They came from old black people. Um, they came from stories that have been handed down. They came from uh, rhythms and understandings and things of that nature. When you go back to certain places, my, my relatives would tell me to look at trees and it would be like their souls on that tree. And they would tell me what happened to black people, not just in slavery, but after, uh, if they ran afoul of someone, how they would be dealt with. And they would be dealt with on this tree. My, my great grandpa would be like, look at that tree, there's souls on that tree. It's, it's blood, black. On, it's blood on the leaves. It's blood on the leaves, yeah. exactly. It's mm -hmm. black men on that tree. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, your, it's your legacy, it's your heritage. So before we do anything in America currently as black people, before we do anything as America in, in America as a group, the legacy of our ancestors will be protected. Right. It's going to be protected because those people aren't victims. We're having all of these discussions about the victim mentality and how it holds us back. And that's a very, very important discussion to have about how a mentality where you fixate on what's going wrong in your life actually stops you from persevering. That is a completely okay discussion for any marginalized group to have because at some point you need to start focusing on solutions and not problems. Our ancestors in slavery were not victims. They were survivors. 
And a victim is something that is different than a survivor. A survivor is someone who came through something, Mm -hmm. okay, who lived through something. A victim is somebody who had something perpetrated against them. It haunts them. It might whatever. And we, we need to protect those too, to be honest with you. We need to protect the victim, the victim mentality. We Maybe we should get rid of that. That's something that we don't need. Okay. But when I say that my ancestors were survivors, what I mean is that they made a brilliant, beautiful, enduring culture uh, during some of the most completely abhorrent and dehumanizing um, times in the history of not just our country, but the world. African slavery was an absolute blight on humanity, and we lived through it. Not only did we live through it, but we lived through it with some sense of self. Now, in order to understand this, you have to understand coming from some place where you had a magnificent culture, a timeless, ageless, beautiful culture, being put on a boat where you're completely cut off from that, traveling to a place where you don't know the land, you don't know the language, the food is crazy, Everything is against you. You're being brutalized and worked like an animal. And out of that comes magnificence, which I believe black Americans to be. I believe us to be magnificent. We are not a perfect community. We uh, aspire to be a better community. But I believe in the magnificence of blackness, and I always will. And I think that a lot of black people, I think most black people believe in the fact that there's a reason why we've been able to transcend the circumstances that we were put in here in America. And what we have to do now is figure out how to be bigger players in the socioeconomic game. And that comes with a sense of self mm-hmm. and a sense of pride in who we are now. Mm-hmm. Do, do We do need to distance ourselves from any sort of notion that we're less than. And if Kanye West or anybody else is about having that conversation, then we need to have it. But when we have it, we're going to have it respectfully. We're going to have it with respect for the people who uh, died so that we could have it. We're going to have it respectful. We're going to have it respectful to the people after them who uh, during the Jim Crow era or the civil rights era, who in a lot of ways put themselves in the victim's posture on purpose. When you walk into an establishment and you decide you're going to sit down and endure all of the pain that goes with a sit-in, mm-hmm. okay? You're making yourself a victim to show how grotesque your, your oppressor is. And the thought was, hopefully by showing how grotesque your oppressor is and breaking his laws and pushing him to the point, maybe the rest of the world will look inward, the rest of the country would look inward and decide that there was something that we should do about people that had that mentality. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, to a degree, it worked. Now, there are different strategies that we need now. The strategies that we need now, to me, involve a lot more of asserting who we are, asserting our political block, asserting our uh, economic block, and holding hands with each other and just kind of dropping our nuts a little bit as black people. You know, and that, you know, obviously I said nuts, but you, my sisters, we can't do it without the sisters too. Our nuts, yeah. our collective, <laughs> collective black nuts. nuts. Yes. Yes. We need to drop them uh, just a little bit. The reason why I gave a recap is because there's certain misconceptions out there about what's going on. And by all means, I'm not trying to protect my moment. 
because it lives in and of itself regardless. Like, the week was crazy for me, if people want to know. Like, it, the week was absolutely crazy. It was nothing that I could have ever thought was going to happen. Uh-huh. Um, all types of people reached out who I never thought. Please share names. Share names. <laughs> <laughs> Well, some of the names I don't want to share because hopefully, you know, maybe some things could come of it. But there were there were people that I really respected that reached out. Who uh, gave a crazy like? Who didn't you suspect would give like support that you like? First of all, the first people I want to recognize are all the people that have been working. When when I'm talking about like Netta and and Sean King right. and all of the people uh, whose voices I had been watching as these things kind of took hold. D-Ray and all this, D-Ray didn't reach out, but I know all everybody was talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. All of those people that had already been in this, mm-hmm. all of these people that have already, that I've looked to for inspiration, that I've looked to for sort of uh, guidance and, you know, what are they putting up on their socials? Like, what are where, where are the battlefields? Where are the fronts? Where are those people like that? All of those the, those people that, that have been doing that, um, those are the first ones I was like, yo, that's that's dope. That's dope that that you would reach out. Netta actually hit me on. Uh, um, uh, she actually hit me in in the uh, in the DMs, and we talked. And you know, it was just dope to be recognized by people who, once again, like I said, the most important people that are putting it on the line every single day. Uh, outside of them, it was weird to see Jamie Lee Curtis like tweet about you. <laughs> and it's the weird thing about the Jamie Lee Tur- Curtis tweet is that she she tweets right, she quotes me, and she says, and then I hit her back, and I'm like, yo, I'm a I'm a big fan. You know, uh, and like I'm a fan of like trading places and true lies and these different movies. And I thought, damn, these are just like the movies that she took her clothes off in. And hopefully she's not offended <laughs> by like me saying that because Jamie Lee Curtis is a screen legend. Her father, uh, Tony Curtis, also screen legend. So there's some there's some, you know, uh, some pedigree there. So but I always appreciate that. Jessica Chastain, people like that. Just Swin Cash, Angie Martinez, like. A lot, a, a lot of different people. So many different people, like, gave props that it was hard. I got some interesting follows mm-hmm. on Instagram. My Instagram followers went up like two hundred and thirty thousand people. Wow. Wow. Well, so welcome to the club. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good week for for me, and I only say that. But I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to uh, protect anything, or or when I say that. If you're thinking that the ish, the, the 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 moment was in any way set up, you're wrong. Right. And I've heard that. It seems, it, it, when you look back on it, it kind of looks like this, this is a plant. You know? The reason, I'll tell you why. And once again, people are saying there's no way that uh, that TMZ could have had everything that way. How did they get the, the, the video right. and stuff like that? Once again, at my desk, mm-hmm. there is a camera. Yeah. We're shooting TMZ Live. That camera is open and rolling. They can pull that footage whenever they want. Mm-hmm. All TMZ did, the, in, the incredibly talented group of post-production people we have here, they pulled the video from the time that I took my IFB out. Right. They matched the audio from the boom guy that was J-Rock. I don't know if J-Rock is in here. The, they, the, the boom guy who ran over. Missed the first part of it. They just matched the audio that they caught off of my desk mic with the boom mic. And then they used that to tell the complete story. Because if not, you wouldn't have had me saying, I don't think you're thinking at all. You just would have had me standing up. It's a more complete story if I address him directly before that. So that's all that they did. As far as what I said, if you think that what I said was, was, um, 
was in any way uh, set up, you're wrong again. Because the day before, like, I sat across from you, you gave me pretty much the practice version of what you said. Right. We did a rundown on Kanye West the day before. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 that podcast had gone up, so my thoughts on Kanye were pretty well flushed out. Yeah. Now, that I didn't know he was going to come up here and say <laughs> slavery was a choice. Because I hadn't heard that right. from him. As, even all of his rhetoric, that part of it I had never heard. Yeah. I had never heard him go far enough as to question the integrity of my ancestors right. and the bravery of my ancestors. Once again, the light and the determination and the humanity of my ancestors will be protected at all times if we don't do anything else we will remember and honor them and and the way i know that americans understand that is that the way i know that that's understood in america is that colin kaepernick gets flack for not standing for the national anthem right because and it's not because of what the national anthem sort of embodies this because when you think of the national anthem you think about all the sacrifices that were made so that America could become a union you think about servicemen you think about the rebellion that happened uh, for America and you think about everything else and people feel like that's disrespectful to those lives mm -hmm. now for me I felt like I feel like obviously his uh, his protest is something bigger than that but here in America really any culture we understand how important our ancestors are um, I work with a lot of Jewish people. Jason's Jewish here. Like, I think one of the more beautiful things uh, uh, about their culture is that there's almost an incessant uh, hearkening back to people who had less so that they could have more. Right. They believe it. It affects their diet. It affects their psyche. It affects their sense of togetherness. Oh. The first thing we have to understand is that for us to have the uh, the freedom that was supposedly guaranteed to Americans, which you know we didn't weren't a part of that, mm. is that a lot of people had to have a lot of terrible, 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 terrible shit happen to them. All right, um, back to Kanye at TMZ. So he says that him and I uh, go back and forth. Uh, obviously, he walks over, and we continue to 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 to, to have a discussion. And by the way. I keep seeing memes and stuff on the internet uh, that are saying this is what the media doesn't show. The entire show aired on TMZ Live. So, there's a full, there's a full cut. There's a full cut. cut there's an 18 minute cut on YouTube. If you think that there's anything that got left out of the clip, if you think that there's anything that Kanye said that no one didn't add, there's a complete 18 minute cut that is on YouTube right now that aired on TMZ Live and you can see the entire exchange. You can see everything that Kanye said. Kanye went on to basically say um, that there's a lot of things in the black community uh, that, you know, uh, Candace Owens was talking about um, black on black crime, okay? So real quick thing about black on black crime. Uh, if the numbers are, and you, these numbers jump around, this, if, the, if, the, if the factoid that people are throwing out, throwing out at you is that uh, 90% of crimes against black people happen from other black people. Uh, what I would do is I would, uh, that, that's a problematic. We should commit crimes against each other less. But what I would challenge people to do is to look at statistics across the board about intra-racial crime. That's crime within a race. And then understand that at about an 80% clip, 
white people commit crimes against other white people because you commit crimes against people who live in your same community. There's a lot of white people. Out there. There's a lot of white people. <laughs> so you commit crimes against people that live in your same community, right. most likely, right? Mm -hmm. um, so whereas there is a higher incidence of black on black crime when you adjust those numbers for poverty rates and underprivileged communities, and you see that that has happened, that might happen to have a higher incidence in um, black American communities, you sort of offset that crime, and you see that those numbers aren't as staggering as they are as they would be made to seem when they're weaponized against us. Even though we all agree we need to figure out crime in our communities, okay? But a lot of times, statistics like that, in forums, um, even like the one that was happening on TMZ Live, are basically ways of people from outside of our community to go, look how fucked up you niggas are, uh -huh. okay? Now, whereas we have to take stock of those things, we also have to remember uh, not to let uh, people from outside of our understanding affect our belief and, and our sort of characterization of ourselves, okay? Um, uh, what I implore Kanye to do at that point, if you watch it, was to empower the people who are fighting those things every single day because there are people who are fighting those things every single day. I mentioned a guy yeah. named Jason Wilson. Jason, yeah. I called you Jason Williams on Instagram. My bad. <laughs> That's not what I was trying to do. Jason Williams, the cave of Adullam, uh, the cave of Adullam up in Detroit, Michigan, transitional teaching uh, situation for young boys. I have more. Jason Barnes, uh, the director of fundraising for black millennials for Flint. This is a guy who's, this is a guy who is developing, or excuse me, who is every single day um, working to clean so that black children in Flint will have clean water. And not just in Flint, I was talking to this brother earlier, uh, he's trying to do this all over the place. So while we're talking about what needs to happen in the black community um, and we're empowering people like Donald Trump and to a lesser degree Candace Owens who seem to have some uh, abrasive and incredibly non-constructive ideas about our community, um, why don't we just empower the people who every single day are trying to build better communities? Well. Why don't we seek out the people who, because Kanye can put anybody on. Uh -huh. He put Candace Owens on. He put Candace Owens on by, just by me having a conversation with him in a way he put me on. Yeah. Do you know how many people he could put on that actually really would take it and work it and use it? Because if I have any type of a platform this week that I didn't have last week, I'm going to put those people on every single, every single week on this podcast. I'm going to highlight a different person who is actually working in their community. And not just the black community, people who are working on behalf of women, mm -hmm. women's rights, people that are working on behalf of LGBT rights, but people who have boots on the ground that are speaking to these problems. My sister is a black woman who is, uh, uh, who is a lesbian, right? Mm -hmm. She's a lesbian, she's a member of the LGBT community, right? Mm -hmm. So. It behooves me to make sure that someone speaks to her experience because not only is she dealing with this one thing that we're all dealing with, she's dealing with being marginalized for being a woman and being marginalized for being gay. All right. I remember my mother asked her, are you sure you're up to this? She was like, are you she's like, are you sure you're up to this? This is tough. Yeah. Black yeah, yeah, yeah. woman, gay, 
It's well. tough. So you have to make sure that in these situations that people in our community or in the community or in the American community that feel that, that they know that those people that are working upon, that are working for them are being, um, are being highlighted. Now, what happens after TMZ? What happens after me and Kanye have our back and forth? What happens after that? What happens after that is... You go uh, to Kanye's house. No, I did not go to Kanye's <laughs> house. What happens after that was, okay, so they finish. He, he, he comes over. He gives me the hug. I really wasn't feeling the hug at that point. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Yeah, saw. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't like, I was like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, you ever you know? Pat, yeah. yeah, I'm like, you know, you ever like when, when, when you get in a, in a fight at football practice yeah. and you get in a fight at football practice and coach goes, all right, now you guys shake hands. You don't want to shake hands right, with this right, dude. Right, right. You just fought this guy. Right. You, you're going to have more. He's still on your team. Yeah. You're going to, down the line, you're going to have more battles with him. You're going to block for him. You're going to tackle. You're going to fight other people that try to fight him because he's your teammate. Right. But at this very moment, you really don't want to shake his hand. Yeah. But you have to uh, because you think it's better for the entire team. Right. Um, and so, you know, I shake his hand. I hug him. He walks back. The rest of the interview goes pretty much. Uh, the way that a TMZ live interview goes. Yeah. Our mics are muted. No one else can talk to Kanye West. I think that maybe Harvey <laughs> and Charles felt like there was enough talking to Kanye West. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the interview goes off, and then it's over. Yeah. When the interview's over, Kanye West gets up, um, and he tells everybody goodbye. He looks back to the back, and he goes, Yo, back there, I'm sorry for hurting you, bro. I'm sorry for hurting you. You know, hopefully... You know, we work and things, we talk about things and we can build in the future. Sorry for hurting you. Bye. Kanye West leaves and there are some people who clapped. Oh. Without a doubt. Oh. There's some people who clapped. Well, because, they've been berated for like an hour. Right. Like, <laughs> and not, not, they weren't clapping because he, were leave, oh. he was leaving. They were clapping because, once again, you guys don't understand how famous a person like this is. Right. Oh, okay. It's Kanye West. Yeah. It's like, oh, bye, bye. Appreciate your time, TMZ. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's wild. Um, and and, and um, they, they, they clapped and he left. So uh, I then, uh, after that, lunch comes uh, a little while after that. So I just kind of sit there and my emotions are running high. Lunch comes and I leave and I call Charlemagne. Immediately after? Uh, immediately after. Okay. I get out. Like, did, did, he, did Charlemagne know what happened? Nobody knew because it hadn't aired. Right, right. So I, I call Charlemagne and I'm like, because at this point I'm like, yo, I'm feeling a little weird about everything. Yeah. I'm like, yo, man, I call Charlemagne up. I go, I just, like, me and Ye just had, like, a, a like a, a screaming match in the middle of the newsroom. I think I went too far. <laughs> and he's like, what? I was like, I, I seriously, like, I'm yelling at Kanye West, and he's yelling back. And it, it just, like, I'm like, in front of everybody, everybody else was quiet. You could feel it. You could he- hear a pin drop. And I'm right. like, mind you, this is the day the Charlemagne interview. Aired. This is the same this day. This is the same day. So like your thing happened like maybe an hour after. It the came same out. day that that interview came out. <laughs> so I'm like, bro, this is crazy. And the whole time we're walking, he's like, man. So I mean, what you think everybody gonna do? I'm like, I was like, it's like I don't know how much of it's gonna actually make the show. Like it, it. I don't know if they're gonna keep that even in there. It was just, it was wild. It was this and it was that. And by the time I walk all the way through Playa Vista, mm-hmm. and I come back to the office, you know, Charles like, hey, bro, just you know, chill, man. I'm sure everything's gonna be cool. You good? I hang the fo- like when I hang the phone up, I have thirty, I have thirty five text messages, right? Because it's, it's still it's just just starting to get yeah, out. Yeah. Then 
by the time I actually get to the text messages and I hit the thing, it refreshes, I have like 100 text messages. <laughs> then I go on Twitter and I see Angie Martinez has put the video out and put my name in it. Wow. And then that's when it started. Mm-hmm. Then I come back inside and everybody's going crazy. That's crazy. It's, it's, it's blowing up everywhere. People are calling Time Magazine, The Real, uh, CNN, Today Show. Huffington Post, to Today Show, Crazy. Nightline, all of this stuff is happening. And um, it happened pretty much all like the rest of that day and then all day on Wednesday. Now, Tuesday, Tuesday night, like once again, the same night that it happened, mm-hmm. I, um, I'm at home and you hired a publicist. I didn't hire a publicist, <laughs> still don't have a publicist, still don't have a publicist. Okay. Uh, Tuesday at this point the the followers start to go up and all of this stuff start to happen and then like uh, Charlamagne hits me and he goes yo um, uh, I gave Kanye your number right and then I get a call uh, like a text message yo yay Charlamagne gave me your number what time of day is it it's maybe like six that you night just got off work yeah I'm just I'm just getting home I was gonna go work out but I couldn't work out so I'm just like I'm just walking around in my house pacing. And um, he's like, I get a text message like, yo, it's, it's yay. Charlamagne gave me your number. I'm like, yo, man, what's up? And then he calls. Um, he calls once. I missed the call the first time. <laughs> and he called again. I pick up the phone. And he's like, yo, what's up? Uh, what's good? And uh, what's going on with you? Uh, we we have some people um, out in Calabasas tonight. And we're just going to sit down. And we're just going to talk. And we're going to build it. We're going to figure things out. We're going to talk. We're going to build. We're going to figure things out. It's going to go about from like around now to uh, later on that night. And I was like, you know, I'm not sure about whether or not I'm going to be able to do uh, <laughs> be able to do that. Let me think about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, I also did take that time when I was on the phone with him, man to man to tell me, to tell him how much his music had meant to me. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you guys how much Kanye West has meant to me. So everyone has an understanding of the entire deal. Uh, College Dropout drops, I think it's like 2004? February, yeah. 2004. So at that point, I've just left college. I'm just getting out of college. Uh, The album resonated with me because it was a crossroads in my life, right? You had somebody that was coming out talking about everything that he had been expected to be and how he had made the decision to be something completely different. And for me at that time, what I could have done was stay in Baton Rouge, continue to do some of the things that I was doing. And I love Baton Rouge. I'm not saying that staying in Baton Rouge in any type of way is something bad because um, my city is beautiful. The people there are beautiful. I love Baton Rouge. Uh, But I know that I wanted a little bit more that uh, maybe it, it couldn't offer to me. So... I'm listening to track by track someone describe what's going on. When he when like in Spaceship, yeah. well, I, when he was talking about that, I was working at Best Buy at the time. Mm-hmm. And that song, he's talking about working in the gap. Right. And if you're working anywhere, uh, especially when you're a kid that age and you're not fulfilled and it's not really putting uh, a, a spirit of inspiration inside of you, then you kind of feel like you, you know, that you are out of control. I wouldn't say slave, mm-hmm. but you feel like you're, you're doing something. You're just wasting time. 
all of these songs hit. They all hit with me. Every single one hit with me. And for the first time, there was a rapper. I've never sold any drugs. I've never been arrested. I've never lived the street life. All of the 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 rap that I that I listen to and worship is great rap. And I'm not I'm saying outside of you know groups like Tribe and other groups like that that I listen to that weren't so much into that. But all of that other stuff that I listen to, I relate it because there's a shared experience of struggle that goes on in black communities to where even if you're not involved in some of that stuff, you get why somebody might be. So that's the way I was listening to a lot of stuff that Hove was saying and a lot of stuff that P and them were saying. We've had P on the podcast. But when P would be like, you know, if you ain't a soldier, you ain't nothing, I would be like, yo, I'm not a soldier. Like, I'm, I'm going to school. I'm going to practice. I'm coming home. You know what I mean? My, my, that's what my dad demanded, and that's what I did. But with Kanye, the story was like, for me, it was like, okay, you're, you have a choice in your life whether or not you're going to attempt to be something great or whether or not you're going to go the same way that everybody else did. And that was the first rap album that I can remember of all the hip-hop I had listened to. Where the dude was telling my story, right. where the guy was talking as if he were me. Even the last story, even the last song on College Dropout, Last Call, mm-hmm. is just him recounting on how it happened for him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, moving on from that, you have uh, late registration comes out. When late registration comes out, comes out. I'm working on a, um, a movie called The Reaping. I think I might have mentioned this. Uh, on the last podcast, maybe I did. No, I, I was working on, on on a movie called The Reaping, right? Uh-huh. Working on this movie called The Reaping with Hil- Hillary Swank and Idris Elba. Um, you were a PA or something. I was a stage manager. Stage. So, bust this. What we did was we took uh, um, a Walmart off Perkins Road in Baton Rouge. Uh-huh. We took that Walmart, old busted out Walmart, because they they built a new Super Walmart. Which, by the way, if you're in Baton Rouge, if you're on College Drive hit up the Super Walmart because it's the popping place to be. At least it was when I was, it was amazing. For 24 hours? It was like a 24-hour Super Walmart. <laughs> and it was the first Super Walmart that we really had had because you had your groceries in that bitch. Like, you every you didn't have to leave the Walmart. You didn't have to do everything that you wanted to do, you could do at the Walmart. Yeah, yeah. You could drive in, leave your car to get your oil change, go get underwear and food, get a snack from McDonald's, mm-hmm. all your groceries, come back with a new fully oil-changed car, drive your ass home, only place you have to go, Super Walmart. But the old Walmart wasn't there, but the structure was still remaining. So what the production did was they took that old Walmart, they gutted it, and they made it into the soundstage. So if you ever watched that movie with The Reaping, um, a lot of the sets, the interiors and stuff like that, they were shot inside there. And also, uh, like all of the production offices and things like that were inside there. The construction office was inside there. The uh, set de- uh, decoration office was inside there. Um, uh, transportation all was inside there. And I was stage manager because I had left Best Buy. I left Best Buy because I was going to now chase my dream of okay. being in the industry. In Baton Rouge. Though. In Baton Rouge. A lot of movies getting shot there. <laughs> right, right, right. Had to make enough money to get out here. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But a lot of movies getting shot there. Um, I actually worked on a couple of different movies. And so I, um, I'm the stage manager of the joint. So I wake up in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. I get there. I get my car. open the place up. I make sure everything is running smooth for transportation, for uh, for set direction, for construction, all of this stuff like that. Um, I, I check people in and out. You know what I mean? And I make sure things. I'm managing the stage. The right. sound stage, I'm in charge of it. I have the keys. Right. No one gets in before I come in there and open it up. Yeah. Um. I got that job 
June of 20 of 2005. In August of 2005, Hurricane Katrina hits. The entire production on the production side is from New Orleans. Now, I live in Baton Rouge. By the time Hurricane Katrina got to Baton Rouge, it just, it, it, I, my, my dad's home suffered some damage because a tree fell and, and we ended up, now actually was the thing that ended up making us lo- lose the houses because we couldn't pay and stuff like that. But um, it, what Hurricane Katrina did to Baton Rouge was just fuck everything up, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, we didn't have lights, we didn't have any of that stuff like that for a while, but we didn't get flooded out and watch all these people die. Mm-hmm. Okay, that happened in New Orleans. On the set, of that film, everybody else, when we finally came back to work, uh, they had those stories. They all had them, okay? They had pictures of homes. Uh, Frank Duffy, if Frank can hear this somewhere, what's up? Frank uh, was, a, uh, was a set paramedic there that um, lost his home, that went back and watched and, and told me about walking into a house full of water. Frank was a white guy. Walking into a house full of water, uh, and his wife just co- collapsing into the dirty, disgusting water because mm. she could not come to terms with the fact that they didn't have anything else. Mm. Okay, so all of this stuff is happening. All of these people are complaining. Kanye West goes on television and says George Bush doesn't care about black people, and the reason why he said it was because of the response to the hurricane. Right. In that moment, it was the one of the most unifying moments I ever experienced in South Louisiana because we were all niggas. Yeah. Everybody was black at that point. Everyone that I was around, save a couple people, appreciated when being in South Louisiana, appreciated because we all had relatives living in our homes. We all had people staying with us from New Orleans. We all saw, we shared this huge um, sort of calamity together. Uh You know what I mean? And if people don't understand what the psychological effects of the hurricane were, they were tremendous, right? It's like, all older people that you felt like were in perfect health just begin to drop dead because of the stress and the strain of having lost everything. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people, the, the Superdome and all of that stuff like that was just completely terrible. And while, once again, there were people that were walking, that were working down there and trying to get things figured out, Kanye West was a voice for us. He says, George Wood doesn't care about black people. Now, once again, that's something that he said specifically for and to black people, was for black people, but to the world. But everyone that I was around down there took that as, yo, he doesn't care about us. He doesn't care about us and what's going on down here. Even though he specifically talked about some of the things that happened in that USA Today article that he felt like he didn't talk about us. Once again, I looked at this guy as um, sort of a voice. Moving forward, when my sister first comes out to me and I realized that my sister... Uh, is not just playing that she actually the, all those years that she wore Tim's she meant that shit okay so uh, so uh, they're still a part of me as a 24 25 year old black man um, uh, 20, not black man 25, 24 25 year old man uh, still had some notions about my brothers and sisters in the LGBT community that weren't super involved and for sure I wasn't prepared at that point to have um, uh, that type of diversity in my immediate family. Around that time, can't remember actually when it was, Kanye West talks to Sway and he goes, it's, it's, it's whack to hate on gay people. It's like hip hop 
they continuously hate on gay people. It's like the 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 opposite of hip hop um, is gay. Like when we're in the studio, we hear something we don't like, we go, "Man, that's gay." He goes, "That's whack." Mm-hmm. I'm looking around like, you know what? It is whack. We got to be brave. So having said all of that, um, he's a tremendous important, tremendously important artist in my life, and when I'm on the phone with him. That night is very difficult not to go to Calabasas. It's very difficult not to go out there um, and hang with him. I explained to him exactly uh, what the music had meant, but like I said on Monday, (laughs) I didn't go. And the reason why I didn't go is because not that I'm never interested in talking with people that I disagree with, or not that I'm never interested in having a dialogue, even specifically with him about some of the misinformation that's going on. The reason why I didn't go is because it's a sucker move to do it. This is not about celebrity. This is not about um, boosting your profile. Mm -hmm. It's not about hanging around people who you've always wanted to meet and chill with. It's about solutions. And at that moment, from what had happened earlier in the day, I thought it best to let that entire thing breathe. All right, yeah. Okay. Let I, I wanna I wanna just remind you on Monday last week when we did this podcast, you literally started out the podcast by saying fuck Kanye West. Yeah. I, <laughs> you I did. did you literally said that and like twenty nine hours later you're talking to him. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean <laughs> it, it it was it was a it was a weird a, like a weird situation. Yeah, it's crazy. It was a weird situation. Yeah. So it just shows you kinda how life goes. Mm-hmm. At that point, I felt like it was a uh, it was a it was a sucker move, and I, I did you know I took some I, I took a poll and asked a bunch of different people, got a bunch of differing varying responses, uh, but um, it it, it, didn't, it didn't seem right at that point. You know what I'm saying? It didn't really seem like it was going to be like right or constructive at that point. And plus, there needs to be at this point some opposition, right? There needs to be at this point. Um, uh, uh, at least a, a group of people that are just like, nah, we're not, we're saying no, mm-hmm. you know, not, not forever, but like right now, there needs to be some opposition. Like we're not, we're not gonna be, we're not, we're saying no. Right. Not, not speaking to uh, your moment you had with him, but like, do you feel at least you got a, a somewhat of a better understanding when he was here? Like when he was talking about like, I was drugged out, bro. Like all no. that. Like no, no, <laughs> no, because I'm willing to do something that nobody else is willing to do. What? I'm willing to give a grown-ass man complete credit for the things that he says. Mm-hmm. And even if those things are part of a spiral, the they don't change the impact um, of when they land. Mm-hmm. They don't land on feathers. They land with a thud. So if, if, if Kanye West was cognizant enough to get up, brush his teeth, uh, put his clothes on, um, get in the car, drive over here, or be driven over here uh, to TMZ, uh, say hello to everybody, and do the interview, and all of that. He's also um, he, he's 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 with it enough to be um, held accountable for some of the things that he says. Don't forget today's podcast is sponsored by the good people from Bevel. Bevel is the dermatologist-approved shaving system specifically designed for people with coarse, curly, and sensitive skin. It's tested and proven uh, to present razor bumps which I don't have any because I use the bevel, discoloration, and irritation, all right? Here's the thing about bevel again. Once again, man, bevel 
black owned, black technology owned, an American product that shows that you don't have to sacrifice quality to shop within your community. The, when we're talking about consolidating our interests, you know, Bevel is one of those situations that you should have. It's just the best. It's the best, and it's specifically designed for uh, black people's hair. So it's really something, a handy uh, tool to have um, uh, if you're going to be doing your hair. A lot of people don't do their own hair. I have to trim up. I'm on TV. The bevel is the way that I do it. They understand me, and I understand them. Pick up your bevel razor or trimmer today at getbevel.com backslash red pill and make sure to use our url to get 20 dollars off your bevel trimmer or your bevel shave kit with free shipping that's g-e-t-b-e-v-e-l dot com slash r-e-d-p-i-l-l also uh today's podcast is brought to you uh, by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All you need is a computer with an internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. That means you can improve your mental health even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past. Remember, therapy is not just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into childhood memories. It's also about practical Everyday strategies for stress management and living a happier life. I'm telling you guys, I've been plagued by panic attacks since I was 24 years old. Therapists help. They help you. They give you coping mechanisms for your daily life. It is invaluable. If they would have had talk space when I was going through uh, my panic attacks in my mid-20s, who knows how much relief they could have brought to my life, man. Therapy matters. Uh, even if you're feeling great. Even if you're feeling great, doesn't hurt to talk to somebody every now and again. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com backslash pill and use the code P-I-L-L to get $45 off your first month. They're giving it away. They're giving y'all peace of mind and show your support for this show. That's code P-I-L-L and Talkspace.com backslash P-I-L-L, Talkspace, Therapy for How We Live Today. Um, we're talking to Jason. We're going to talk to Jason Wilson in a second from the cave of, the, of Adullam. That's another uh, huge example of how therapeutic stuff can really help you in your life. Don't neglect your brain. Uh, Donald Trump claims that he now is has doubled his African-American uh uh, uh, sort of, no, no, the African-American support because of Kanye West. He says it went from 11% to 22%. Those numbers seem to be murky at best. It's very difficult to quantify them. I doubt that they're true. Uh, most of the things that Trump says um, are either untrue on purpose or uh, he can't interpret the information that he's using to the degree uh, that they become materialized anyway. Okay. Uh, so I don't believe um, anything like that uh, actually exists. Um, I will say, though, it's interesting that Trump said that at all. And the reason why it's interesting that he said that is that it shows you just how happy he is to have a new black shiny toy. Um, and this is no disrespect to Diamond and Silk because shout out to Diamond and Silk. Y'all been buck dancing for a while now and it's really been working for y'all. And I hope that, you know, 
you guys aren't jealous of Kanye West coming in and taking your shine, but uh, you know, when you we talk about Donald Trump and, and and remember this is the same guy that encouraged violence against young black protesters at his rallies and talked about what they'd have done to those guys back in the day. The language is so unbelievably coded, um, but it's also so familiar to us in terms of the way identity politics have been played. It was just interesting to me um, that he's excited to be new. He's excited to be viable um, uh, with black Americans, partly because he thinks it will give him a better chance in, in, in 2020 if he does choose to run, and partly because everybody wants to be black cool. Everybody wants to be white famous <clears throat> and black cool. Yeah, Everybody does. And the one thing about um, Kanye West that he could do for you was to make you uh, black cool. Anything that he did while he's um, sort of chasing his his thing. What do you 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 were here, uh, Brandon, or or you you saw it? What are you? What did your opinion of Kanye change anyway after he left? Um, no, like I'm 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 unique because. I've been following Kanye like his career since we were calling him Kane West, you know. So yeah, like, so you were since you were fucking his name up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I was like, I'm like super fan, but you know, I'm also able Please to see call him out on his fuckery, you know. Right. Um, that was me. The, you, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I woke up that day and I was like, "Oh, the Charlemagne interviews out." So I watched that, or I watched like maybe 20 minutes of it, and then I got an email and I saw you know the whole thing the tmz thing going on and he I, the video cuts off when he's walking over to you so i was like what uh, I, I had to i dropped everything got in my car came over here because i was like i need to see the tapes i need to see they showed me the whole video the craziest thing is there's a um, feed we can see where there's everybody's um desk cam and you can see everyone's reaction while he's going off and it's it's like i could see i was looking at some of yours and you were just like there's moments where you were just like, you know, you couldn't take it anymore or something. Yeah. It, it was just, it was just very interesting to see. I wish they yeah. put that out. But I mean, my my, I, nah, not really. I kind of understand. I kind of understand what Kanye says. He just is like, I was listening to Charlamagne's uh, brilliant Idiots thing, and he was saying that um he just doesn't know how to communicate it well. Right. You know, and it's like, I, you know, whatever. He's an artist. You know, but mm -hmm. like. I just I kind of understand what he's trying to say. He just doesn't know how to go. What about is he it. trying to say to you? He's just he's just trying to get. I think he's just in this this new world where I think we saw it like was it four years ago where um, the three five years ago when he was uh, doing the whole um, I need a job at Louis or wherever and mm -hmm. he was you just saw he was just like I saw a man looking you know just got just, was about to get married and just had a child on the way and he was like striving for like you know security he was looking for that because he's married this rich white woman and he feels i feel that he couldn't compare because he makes a lot of risk with his money you know mm -hmm. so i feel like he was just like screaming out i need money i don't have money as as much i don't have as much money as the people i'm hanging around you All know right. so it's like i see that whole you know radio tirade he went on with that was well, just who, like when, when he was doing all of that yeah when he was going from big boy the hot names like all the let me ask you a question when he was doing all of that uh -huh. who is he asking to put him on the the, the a bunch presence. of fucking people yeah, we never heard exactly. of before. Yeah. So, so w what? Like, when is being of us going to be enough for Kanye West? I, I think. When, like, I'm, I'm, I think about it. Think mm -hmm. about this. Think mm -hmm. about the fact that Kanye West came on TMZ Live, mm -hmm. said he was going to have a conversation with Harvey, and then told Charles to shut up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the only black man that's that's sitting up there hosting that show. Yeah, I've hosted yeah. before, but mm -hmm. you know, 
that show is Harvey Levin and Charles or Charles and Harvey, depending on where you're watching from. Mm-hmm. So and, and when you're talking about liberation and free thought and getting rid of the victim mentality, the first thing he did was tell a black guy to stop talking on television. Yeah. When Kanye West did that whole rant about fashion, he was bringing up a bunch of people we never heard of before. I didn't know who Renzo Rosso was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who all of these people were. And he was begging them to be a part of something that they were, in his opinion, excluding him from. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we've made him into a titan. Yeah. Our our loyalty and our reverence, and when I say us, I don't just mean black people. Mm-hmm. I mean the entire hip-hop community, the entire group of people that had counted on him. We, or excuse me, that counted with him, that had been with him. Yeah. We had taken upon ourselves to make Kanye West into something because of what he had given us. And by essentially saying, telling Sway that you don't have the answers, another black man who was trying to help him, by saying, you don't know, by telling Sway that the t-shirts that he had out, it ain't no Ralph though. Yeah. Because over here, that matters. Like, be careful of people who worship things that they aren't. Okay? Like, over here, that matters. This matters. This doesn't matter. Man, I'm not saying it wouldn't be dope for me to win an Oscar. I am a screenwriter. I'm not saying that um, that there's that, that, that it wouldn't be dope for me to stand up there and be recognized by everyone. Yeah. I'm not saying it wouldn't be dope for me to for me to uh, to 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 be kicking it. We talk about on a, on a different podcast we're going to put out pretty soon. We're talking about Steven Spielberg and or Stanley Kubrick. Like guys like that who I look up to, who are some of my filmmaking um, heroes. I'm not saying it wouldn't be dope to be cool to to to, to be with them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say any of that stuff. I'm not saying that I'd like that uh, anything more than this guy for wanting to be at the highest levels of fashion or at the the different. But you should never, ever, ever, ever have to discount your own to make a point about something else. You should never have to detract from what you are in order to 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 pursue something so like never and so for me even then but i just that was all just him being eccentric to me to me that was all just oh yeah okay he wants to be in fashion that's the next thing he wants to always been like that though you can go from the he's always needed that validation even but that's you see that's always part of his narrative every album every every time he gets into something new i need rockefeller to validate me he got it I need uh, you know the Grammys to validate me. He got it kind of, but he he still wasn't happy with it. Yeah. And now and then he moved into like you know now it's like I need. He's looking at you know all this attention, negative attention Trump gets, and he's just he's like I want to fix this because I fixed every, everything else. So like I kind of get it. It's just the methods are and like yeah I saw how he did the Charles and like that. And I saw you know how he kind of like sun tries to sun people or just like go off on his own um, you know tangents, but. You know, I just, you know, he's, he's working. Let's take it. somebody else. Let, let, listen, like, well, I like the, the This Is America video came out. You see the Don Glover video? I did. You watched it? I did. What'd you think? He, you know, uh, Donald's coming for Kanye's spot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, much. I mean, I don't want to pit them against each other, but <laughs> like, I, but I, I think I look at the video and the video rings true to me because what I see in the video, obviously there are several depictions in the video of uh, him Shooting black people, mm-hmm. which is bad. Yeah. You know, um, we don't like to see images of black men shooting other black men, or really black men shooting anyone. Mm-hmm. But um, it, you you see him first. The first guy that he shoots is interesting to me. Is just the the 
the um the depictions of the violence because to me they tell a narrative story. The first guy that he shoots has a blindfold on and he shoots him with a with a handgun. Mm-hmm. So the guy can't see what's coming. Yeah. And he shoots him very elegantly. Mm-hmm. Very he like he like he walks up to him it's like a planned thing, right? So he walks up to the guy behind him, the guy's blindfolded, never sees it coming, whips out his gun in almost in like a like a, a ballet move, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shoots him in the black of the back of the head and keeps moving. Yeah. The next time we see him shoot somebody, it's the choir. Yeah, it's a group. And they all see it because he's he's he does it right in front of their face, right? Mm-hmm. They all see it. Um and he almost does it as an afterthought. Yeah. Somebody shoots in the gun, he barely aims it. Shoots them, kills much more of them, mm-hmm. uh, and then as soon as he then hands the gun to somebody else, and then you see people running in to take their places, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, the next time he pulls out a weapon, it's just his hands. Right? It's just his hands. There's no gun. He's pointing something, but he's been completely depowered now. Mm-hmm. So to me, when I look at that, I see something that's very uh, telling about the um uh, somehow the way they weaponize brothers against us yeah. the first guy he kills he has to kill him like he has to kill him he the the first person he has to kill him it has to be purposefully done it has to be artfully done mm-hmm. it ha- and then after that you get to a point where you're so into whatever you're doing that you often people quick in mass amounts you just now you're just selling it. Now your bag is boom. It's just like boom, real quick, and let me move to the next thing, right? Yeah. While I'm dancing with the kids and the the um uh, the pale rider of death is driving by and the cops are driving by, all of this stuff like this. I just gotta. It doesn't even matter now. I'm just boom, boom, boom. Everybody dies. I just gotta keep doing what I'm doing. And then how does it? How does the video end? It ends with him completely powerless, running for his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah completely powerless now there's no weapon running for his life yeah. so even everything that he did even in the in, in the video while he's rapping while he's doing this whole thing it all at the end ends with him on the run because be it Kanye West be it anybody else black or white if you don't do the things that you do with sincerity and a sense of identity you're going to end up on your feet running you're going to end up running from the people who are benefiting from some of these things that are out here. Yeah. And it's going, and you're going to have to run fast. You're, you're going to have to be a track star. Because if you don't understand the realities that we're facing, and you're doing things for attention, you're doing things to sell, to be hot, uh-huh. to be relevant, and there's no, like, sort of, there's no heart behind it. There's no reality behind it. Even if it's just art for the sake of art, if you're just screaming to be heard, eventually they're going to put you on your feet and make you run. Eventually, you're going to be in a situation where all of that stuff is hollow. And I felt like, I know it seems like we're spending a lot of time on this, but it, what I appreciate about um, images and things like that is that we all, you know, we have to remember that it's people's lives on the line, man. Like with some of the things that you say, if you're that big of a deal, if you're that, you know, um, powerful of a person, you say things and then it affects what what people really believe. Um, So you're still listening to everything that's coming out this summer, though. Because it's going to be, because here's the deal. We're not going to do no more Red Pill Podcast. We're going to get back on schedule. We appreciate, first of all, I want to say something. We appreciate all the new listeners and everybody who's tuning in now, but this is not going to be the hub 
of the anti-Kanye West. <laughs> I owed a couple of people a podcast to explain this. There have been other people that have been talking about how set up it was and how um, how uh, uh, non-authentic it was, how I wrote that, how I couldn't have possibly done that. If you don't think that I could possibly give bars like that off the top of the <laughs> dome, then you don't know me. You didn't even hesitate. Like you had, you had though. Like you didn't mess up one word. Except maybe one. I was just looking at. It. I, was like, I messed up a that? word, How but like people that? were too. In, I messed up a little bit, but people were too into the back and forth to really get it. I messed up a little bit, um, but uh, just for the sake of the conversation that's going to happen all summer long, mm-hmm. it, it was important for me to just give people a recap on what exactly happened and how it's going to shape the podcast moving forward. And, and how it's going to shape, you know, pretty much everything uh, that we do here. But we're going to get back to doing what we're doing on the Red Pill, man. We're going to get back to having interviews with people that we care about, talking about things in those people's lives and issues that we care about. Um, and hopefully all the new listeners of the podcast will be into that. Yeah. Hopefully um, uh, those people will, um, will, 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 will it'll still resonate with them. And that this sort of jumping off point uh, leads to us really, you know, kind of having something that, that that penetrates a little bit. I will say, I love how, you know, he started this. He, he's he's we, this conversation has gotten so more in depth ever since he came to the office. You yeah. know, and, and, as, and as, as much as you know, you know, you don't like where he's at right now. At least you got a spotlight to now put on people you think should be helpful. Oh, that's what I'm about to do. You know? like, I, I moved up to 290,000 followers on Instagram and y'all gonna get sick of me. <laughs> what I'm gonna do is is because I'm still gonna do, first of all, I wanna let you something know. There have been some drawbacks. Yeah. There, there have been some drawbacks. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk about the drawbacks real quick. I got some people, I follow a lot of porn stars on Twitter <laughs> and on Instagram. Okay? And I got a lot of pressure from people on my team or people that fuck with me to unfollow these porn stars, and I gave in to the pressure. <laughs> I unfollowed them. But you, you make up for it with the DMs and the Hey Stranger. I wasn't, I wasn't sending any <laughs> DMs. I, was like, no, I wasn't even sending it. I will, listen, I just like to be updated on the latest movies and the latest things that are coming out, but like I unfollowed them. Like People hit me up like, it might be a good idea to unfollow Cam Girl Nasty 69 it might be a good idea to, to, to unfollow some of these people. And I'm, I'm sad. Like, it, was a, it was an emotional time that I had to do it. Mm. But, you know, my mom was like, um, you know, there are going to be people that unfortunately are going to be looking to uh, discredit you. Dis, dis, not discredit, because I don't have any credit. I haven't done anything. Like, t- talking back to Kanye West doesn't mean like, I haven't, but just like kind of slave you. Like, I haven't done anything. Let me ask you, does this put pressure on you to like, no, to go to the next level of like I don't know leadership or whatever. Nah, man, because you because you know what we well, was already in we was already on that. We've been on this. All the people that I fuck with, all the people that I've been around, we've been on this. Like like there isn't there's. I hope that everyone understands from what happened with Black Lives Matter to the Me Too movement to all of these different situations. There isn't the people. There is a a trend. And voiceless people are banding together. They are banding together, even in, in, in entertainment all over the place. But there, it's happening. And the the people, the people that I talk to, 
every single day, yeah. even the ones that I don't disagree with. Uh-huh. These are the things that we discuss. Uh-huh. These are the things that we talk about all the time. We don't just talk about them when something arises. We talk about these things constantly, how we can get to a better understanding. We've been, me and my different homies, we've been taking self-inventory as men, talking about how we can be uh, less problematic to, 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 to ladies. And how about, how about how it's time for us to maybe take a step to the side and let these sisters work. I mean, let them do their thing. Let them, let, let them have their moment. Not even let them have their moment. Maybe if we could even empower their moment. Because we took a lot from them. And, it, and these are all conversations that happen legitimately. And we ain't no saints. Like I said, ain't nobody, nobody's trying to hold themselves up to be something that they're not. But... These conversations have been going on. And if you if you have followed me on social media, you have or, or watched me on TMZ prior to this, you know that we've been talking about these things. But I'm still gonna give you all I'm still gonna be all the goofy guy that I am, uh, my fitness stuff, running around, weird, all of that. Honda Civic. Ha- my Honda Accord. Honda Accord. If y'all wanna help for real, <laughs> man, help me get some new tires for the Honda Accord. No, actually, I can buy new tires. Okay, I can buy them. I'm fair enough. To, but but the, it's the, the, the Honda Accord Cross Tour. That's the car. I don't feel, you know, it's, it is what it is. But what I am going to do now that I haven't been doing before is because there are so many more people paying attention to me on social media. Yes. I am going to make sure that you pay attention to some people that you actually should be paying attention to. Hello, uh, Van. Jason, what's up, brother? What's up, brother? What's up, man? So listen... I just want to introduce you to my podcast audience just because um, uh, I, what I said was that, you know, we, we haven't been actually had a chance to talk that much, but I wanted to use sort of the new listeners. We have to turn them on to people that are actually doing real things in the community just as much as we can. Um, I came upon you guys and what you do up there in Detroit after I saw a video and it was of you um, just kind of like helping a kid express his emotions because of all the things they've been with. The kid was actually crying and you were, you were, you were showing him how to emote uh, responsibly and really giving him the strength to do it uh, in a safe environment. And now I, I looked at what you guys do um, for young boys up there in Detroit. And it, it just really, uh, it, it touched me and it's so important and needed. I wanted to give you a chance to, to introduce yourself to the audience here um, and tell us a little bit about what exactly what it is that you guys have going on. Uh, great. First, Van, I just want to thank you, brother, for, um, again, always, you know, ever since we basically met, you were always in uh, strong support of what we were doing here in Detroit. And um, I just thank you again for just making time to even make that video um, because we received some donations as well as a lot of emails saying uh, people requesting on how, can we not only scale the academy, but also um, how they could volunteer to help us in our mission. And that mission is to basically is to teach, train, and transform uninitiated boys into comprehensive men. And a comprehensive man is, ba- a comprehensive man is basically a man who, could, who is physically conscious, mentally astute, and spiritually strong enough to navigate through the pressures of this world without succumbing to their negative emotions. And what you saw in that video was of uh, our young recruit, Bruce, um, he had he had folded to his negative emotion. Uh, he had a fear of failure. Um, that same board that he struggled to break, he successfully broke several times a week prior practicing for his initiation test. And basically, I, I gave him what I always desired when I 
played sports or tried anything that was a challenge. I just wanted a man that was understanding and patient that could relate to what I was feeling without um, basically dismiss, dismissing how I was feeling. And uh, and that's what happened in that video. And so um, as I spoke to him and, and gave him the encouraging words that he needed, he was able to not only overcome his fear of failure, but also break through the board. Tell us a little bit about what made you kind of get into this. Uh, what are some mm. of the problems that you saw in your community that you identified um, needed addressing and made you kind of kind of kind of start your academy? Interesting, Van. I mean, actually, it, it, it was birthed from a pain of me not having my father. And, you know, I always actually when I, I was growing up in my community, there were a lot of gangs. And, um, you know, it was amazing how I, when I look back, how many of the, the older drug dealers would drop their sons off to my mother's house for me to basically watch over and mentor. I didn't know it was called mentoring. I just looked at them like little brothers in the hood, you know. And then from there, growing up without a father, I had a strong desire and my heart was broken for boys who uh, were misguided due to not having the person or a man in their lives to guide them. And so I always had a passion to mentor and train up and disciple young boys, but I didn't know at the time when I was, uh, I guess, in my late 20s or early 30s how that could be done. Uh, the Cave of Adelum, um, I trained in martial arts, man, uh, over 24 years, and I always saw the power in it to be able to control your mind, your body. But I also always had an issue with, you know, you have the great black belts who were dexterous as far as they could deal with 10 or, 10 or more attackers or could choke someone with ease or tap them out, but they couldn't deal with uh, their bosses' uh, uh, um, um, insulting comments or uh, a challenge, a stress situation at work or even their wives' emotions. And so um, I just saw it being in vain. And then one day, you know, um, just studying at church, I came across the cave of Adullam where uh, David had ran from King Saul, and it just struck me that it's written that 400 men came to this cave to him who were in debt, uh, uh, discontented, and distressed in life. But these same men left their, that same cave being called Mighty Men of Valor. And so uh, as I researched more, I saw that uh, our boys were in need of this transformation. And so when I started Van in 2008, you know, it was during the boot camp phase where everyone was sending their kids to boot camp. And I was, tr was going to try the discipline approach, but I quickly saw why so many boot camps were failing. Our, our boys weren't, uh, it, they weren't lacking necessarily discipline, but they were lacking love or discipline rooted in love. And I always say discipline uh, without love is ineffectual. It doesn't work. And so uh, I, that's, that's what birthed the whole... Uh, spirit behind the cave and why it's successful today because you know basically I just I, I, I tell um, all of them I, I give you what I long for I don't make excuses about what I didn't have I give you exactly what uh, I didn't have huh. now specifically the focus is on young black men why do you feel like uh, that it's important to sort of because you know our sisters are there for us. They've always been there for us. They're still being there for us. Um, and the, the voice of, of the women in our society is, is so important right now. Why do you feel like this program uh, is better suited specifically being geared to young boys? Um, well, first, it's not specifically for young black black boys, per se. Um, it's, it's for, like, the latter uh, sentence is for boys. Uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, in, in today's society, especially what we're dealing with this in, in the country, 
you know, just because you don't see uh, a different, uh, another a face of a different ethnicity doesn't mean that our academy is closed to Word. other boys of other ethnicities. Yeah. Uh, but to your, 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 your question about the importance of focusing only on boys and, and I guess how does it support or benefit the women in our society? Sure. Um, first of all, you know, um, our boys aren't allowed to be, well, heck, man, brother, men, we, we're not allowed to be emotional. And so what that does, it creates uh, a, a man, we literally have cut off half our humanity. So for me being a husband of 20 years, I am just now, once I finally got grasped by my emotions and, and, and no longer hold back the way I feel and can express myself in a healthy way, Man, I could say out of 20 years, maybe five years now, my wife is truly uh, experiencing the loving husband that she had married. Um, because I grew up during the era where, you know, we would say bros over, excuse my language, hoes or money over bees. And you couldn't hold a woman's hand walking down the street in my neighborhood or you would get bum rushed, what we would call it. And so those negative uh, mantras and teachings uh, uh, basically penetrated my mind and my soul and it hindered me from being a comprehensive man. So, if, like Frederick Douglass says, it's easier to uh, 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 raise up boys than it is to repair broken men. And so for us to focus on uh, comprehensively developing young boys, as a result of that, we have better fathers, uh, more loving husbands, patient husbands, better teachers. Um, It's not a coincidence that uh, men commit suicide four times as much as women. It's not a coincidence that nine out of ten centurions, basically people who live over a hundred, are women. It's not a coincidence that the majority of crimes are committed by men. So it's, it's imperative for, I, I guess, humanity as a whole that we focus on this problem. And right now it's us, brother. And until we embrace who we are as a human being and stop allowing the one adjective masculinity to divine who the Most High created us to be, we'll continue to be in the state that we're in, and our families will continue to be in the state that they're in, and the leadership in this country will continue to be in the state that they're in until we learn how to be comprehensive. Hmm. How can we? How, how can people help you? Like, um, um, uh, Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. no, I'm just saying, how, how can people help you? What do you need? How can we get it to you? Uh, how can people help you do what you're doing up there? Right now, um, we, we had a fundraiser, and we, we're still, of course, as a nonprofit, you know, which is the union. The Cape of Adelum actually, um, it, is, it started as a program for, for mentoring boys under uh, our nonprofit called the union, which is spelled T-H-E, the, and then we have a Y in front of the word union for youth. But because of the, the dire need to teach, train, and transform boys, the Cape of Adelum has kind of taken its own shape of its, itself, but it's not really our nonprofit. So the union is where people donate to. And so our, our desire is to scale the Cave of Adullam and also the other programs we have under the union because our girls can't be left out like you mentioned earlier. Right. And so we have a program called Pure that helps girls with their etiquette and self-confidence and to build them up because it doesn't do us any good to build up young boys and they don't have wives to marry that are healthy as well mm-hmm. and so the way you can help we we're in the process of purchasing a building which i plan to create the model that could be scaled throughout this nation and world because we get a lot of emails and messages throughout the world sort of like if you had a mcdonald's franchise where you can scale it and put it in these communities to transform not only the boys but the girls and then we have uh counseling and social services as well 
So not just the boys will be helped, but also families and mothers and, you know, uh, I mean, we, we cover, we, again, we want to not only just transform boys, but transform our community. So the way they can help, they could uh, log on to our website. Um, I guess for the Cave of Adullam, you can go to uh, savingboys.org. And um, you can click the donate tab, or you can go to savingboys.org forward slash donate, and you can donate to the Cave of Adullam. And your donation is um, tax deductible because we are a nonprofit through our organization, the union. And also, if it's easier for you, you can go to our GoFundMe page, which is gofundme.com forward slash cave, C A V E 313. And that's also the same handle for our Twitter. Facebook and Instagram is at Cave three one three. Brother, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate hey, man, you, man. I really appreciate you, and uh, I look forward to chopping it up with you the next time. And and I'm in L. A. And um, again, man, I, I, I again, I know you you say you're not a hero, and I, I get your logic behind it, brother. But you know, too many men like yourself in positions to say something don't say something, and so. I, I want to commend you for speaking up, even though he was one of your fav- he's one of your favorite rappers. But I, I saw it in his eyes what you said hit him. And what if you would not have said that? He would have left thinking he was correct. And so I commend you for that, brother, because there's too many brothers in your position who don't speak up, who don't follow what their hearts are saying. And you know, I pray that this will open the door for you to possibly get your own. So maybe via TMZ, I don't know how it could work out, but we need a voice, brother, that's out there like you are to really uh, shine light on who we really are, not only as African-American brothers and and families, because I want to shatter this narrative uh, that's out there about us as a people, but also other ethnicity need people who are good to finally stand in the light. So I just want to thank you for that, and uh, it really blessed me. Because it took me by surprise. People was texting me like, yo, Van said this about the cave. And he mentioned you. I'm like, what are you talking about? So when I went to it, I was just at the dinner table with my wife. And I just, I couldn't believe it, brother. And so, again, just thank you. I was humbled that you would take time to do that out your day. And, again, I pray that, you know, uh, the Most High will continue to guide you, brother. And that you will continue to speak from that heart that's in you. And that you would allow all the things that you've been to, been through to be a blessing for others. I appreciate you so much, Jason. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Yep. Stay in touch, good brother. Bye bye. For that one purpose right there, I want to thank Kanye West. There you go. For that purpose right there, because Jason Wilson and some of these other people that are doing the good work that they were doing. Um, for hold on, this is a text real quick. Is it from Kanye? Oh, no, it's from Don Lemon. Oh. I've seen it. Word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. <laughs> look, this is from Don Lemon. I've seen it. Um. You say what's good was good? He said it was good to speak to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't disrespect Don, man. Don from Baton Rouge, too, bro. Yeah, Don will probably fuck y'all up. Like, y'all, it, it's very few people from Baton Rouge that wouldn't fuck both of y'all up. Mm. True story. Fuck y'all up. Brandon, where you from? I'm from L.A. Uh, what part of L.A.? The nicer black side. Yeah, you'll get fucked up by Baton Rouge. But, don't. <laughs> um, but anyway, so f- with that being said, I guess... Uh, I guess I should say thank you to to Kanye West uh, for even having the conversation with me, for even um, sort of getting into that. I will say thank you, but I will also still say, until further notice, fuck you. Fair. Because we got to be responsible. Hopefully, 
he figures it out. But if he don't figure it out, we got to figure it out. It's on us. I'll tell you one thing. It, 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 this didn't help me get uh, a big guest for the podcast. I thought I was going to come back on the podcast like, yo, uh, this show you how much I was feeling myself at one point until I, you know, that's why I have good people around me. My mom <laughs> called to remind me I wasn't shit. You know, people call me around. That was very important. I thought it was going to be like, yo, Red Pill Podcast. Me, across from me, Barack Obama. Barack, tell me what the, <laughs> the incidents of the last past week, what did they mean to you, Barack? What did you think? Well, man, I thought, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought yeah. it was, nah. I got a, a call, reached out to a bunch of people that had tweeted me, uh, a bunch of people that had reached out, and it's, ah, I'm playing golf on Monday. Yeah, so, uh, shout out to, listen, uh, we appreciate you guys listening to the Rail Pill Podcast. We promise this is not going to be the all Kanye West uh, podcast is not going to be. Um, but I thought I'd, you guys deserved a reta- recap. But Pill Poppers, we will be back next week. Uh, hopefully you are back too. Peace. <laughs>